This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi and welcome to Tia and Tehillim. This class is on Parak Kuf Chaf Gimel. Parak Kuf Chaf Gimel is very short um, and very beautiful. It's four psukim and we're going to really focus today on the idea that we're going to see here in this parak of the concept. It says, We're going to talk about being avadim, being servants of Hashem, and what exactly this means. We throw out this term, we throw out the terminology so often. What does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? And how can we take further strides in that direction? So, the whole idea, this is a song of ascent, this is a sheer hamalos, and it's really, the, the, the parak is talking about, it's as if we're saying here in this parak that we are the, we're, we're speaking in the voice of the ultimate level of humility that we all seek and strive and aim to have. That's why it's a sheer hamalos. It's a song showing us where we want to get to, how, how, how we want to elevate ourselves. And, you know, in Parak Koflam and Aleph, previously we spoke about the concept of humility and we spoke about two different ingredients of how a person can become humble. And here I want to show you also how this idea of humility, this idea of being an Eved Hashem is very clear and it's very spelled out. Those two ingredients that we spoke about in Koflam and Aleph are going to be seen here as well. And then at the end of the for Psukim, we're going to talk about this. We're going to expound on this idea of Eved Hashem. Okay, so let's look at Pasuk Aleph. Shir HaMalos, Elecha Nasasi Eseinai, Hayoshvi Bashamayim. A song of ascent to you enthroned in heaven, I turn my eyes. So Elecha Nasasi Eseinai, I turn my eyes to you. The Malbim says here that normally when we want something in this world, when we want to attain something, let's say, for example, uh, we want to make money. So our heart is with Hashem. Our heart is is Elecha, right, to you, because we know it's all coming from Hashem. But our eyes, where are our eyes pointed? Our eyes are pointed at the physical means in this world, in our, in our Olam HaShafel, in our lowly world. We, you know, that's where we see things that we can, that we can use as effort to get to where we need to get to. But here, the Malbim says it's different. We're not, we're asking here specifically in this Pasuk that I don't want to be turning my eyes to the Olam HaShafel. I don't want to have to look for the, for the means to get to my goal in this world. Because Lav Dafka, that, you know, my eyes are going to be turned, if I want money, my eyes will be turned to my employer, to my, to a job prospect, to, to a job interview. But love dafka that that exists. Love dafka that I can see that in my line of vision. If a person's looking for a shidduch, their eyes will be turned to the shadch and their eyes will be turned to the telephone. Their eyes will be turned to all kinds of things down here on this world that they think can help them get to where they want to go. But that we're asking here in this Pasach, Hashem, I don't want to look at those things. I don't want to look to those things for my salvation because love dafka that they're going to even be there. They might not be anywhere in sight. Very often we need something and we don't see any help in sight. So Hashem, I'm turning not only my heart to you, but also my eyes to you because I want the salvation to come directly from you so I don't even have to worry if I don't see any physical means around me to help me. 
the Mepharshim are asking, why doesn't it say, Hayoshev Bashamayim, that I'm turning my eyes to you who sits in the heavens. Why Hayoshvi? It's an interesting word, way of saying it. So there's different explanations here, but the Zohar explains that the Yud at the end, that extra little Yud at the end of the word, is representing the hidden divine spark, the Tzalem Elohim, within each of us. It's the smallest letter, letter of the Aleph base. It represents that hidden spark that's getting ignited as we daven and as we look up to Hashem and Shamayim, we're saying, Hashem, I know you're all the way, Hayoshev Shamayim, right? You're all the way in the heavens and I'm all the way down here. But recognize that in me, there is that spark in me that makes it that I'm intrinsically connected to you. And that spark is being ignited now. And through this, we're invoking Hashem's Rachamim. Pasuk Beis. Hinei ke'ene avadim al yad adonehem, ke'ene shifcha al yad gevirta. So we're saying, we're here, we're comparing, we're using this metaphor that we are like the servant, Hashem is like the master. And it's clear and we understand, you know, we're saying here, just like the eyes of the servant is to his master, just like the eye of the maid is to her mistress, so is our eyes to you. So so that's how we rely on you. And the metaphor makes sense because every servant recognizes, it's obvious, how dependent they are on their master. They, it's clear to them that, yes, yeah, sometimes I have to do things that I don't like. Sometimes life is not the way I want it to be. But I know that my master's taking care of me and I'm completely reliant on him. Now, the Rambam learns out from these words, just as a, a little bit of a side point, but I think this applies to really all of us. He learns out that we're comparing Hashem here to a master. And we know that Hashem is a merciful master. And he, he, he's not, you know, he, he, he goes above and beyond and he takes care of us in amazing ways. And so we should, you know, as people who strive to go in the ways of Hashem, we should be also, if we have workers who are working for us, even a cleaning lady or anybody who's working underneath us, we should make sure to treat them with mercy and we should make sure to treat them as if we want, the way we want to be treated ourselves. The sages of old, they would feed their servants and their animals before they fed themselves, and they would feed them from the food that they were eating, not from other separate food. So it's a lesson here. He learns out from these words the way that we need to treat our workers. Now the Avshech notes that the word avadim is in plural, and the word shifcha is singular, right? Why We're, we're comparing ourselves to avadim and to a shifcha. Why avadim in plural and shifcha in singular? And he explains that avadim is referring to our physical bodies and shifcha is referring to our soul. So obviously our physical bodies, we each have our own body, so it needs to be plural. But our soul, he says, on a soul level, we are all tied in and united as one. And therefore the word shifcha, which represents our soul, that is being a servant here to Hashem, is in singular because we are all connected on a soul level. So now let's look at this concept of being in Evet Hashem. We see, you know, just to give you a, um, an understanding, a, a little bit of an understanding of the purpose of putting ourselves even in this mindset of being in Evet Hashem. The Chidushe Harim once told his Hasid, and he, he said, when you get to the part in Halal, that talks that says Ana Hashem, you should have extra special kavana because that is misugal for for receiving whatever salvation you're looking to attain. So they said they thought, okay, he's talking about the part that says Ana Hashem Hoshiana, but he came in and corrected them and he said, No, I'm talking about the part that says 
Ana Hashem ki ani abdecha. And he's saying that's the part. Talking, we see from here that it's the it's the speaking of ourself as servants and getting ourselves into that mindset of servants of Hashem is misugal for attaining salvation. There's something special about it that takes our whole existence to a new level where we are now zochet to more blessings and more Yeshuas. So we're going to focus more on this concept. It's worthwhile to really understand. So how can we get to that place of being an Evan Hashem? And how can we do it in a very real way on a daily basis? So we're going to get to that at the end when we finish the Pesukim. And let's look at the words, Hashem, I look towards you like a servant until you're going to find favor in me. So the Mepharshim explain what does this mean. They say it means that I'm going to look towards you like a servant, but I'm not going to take my eyes off of you, and I'm not going to stop, you know, looking towards you until until you start treating me no longer like a servant, but until you start treating me like banim lamakom, like like your children, like until we start feeling that special connected connective closeness to you. And until we start feeling like we're living in a world where we can really see Hashem's love and care in our life so clearly. So how do we know? Like, how do the Mepharshim know that Sheyichanenu is talking about being Hashem's child? So if you look at the Shoresh Chen, right? Like, a person who has Chen, what, what do they have? That person who walks into the room and you're all turning your head and looking at that person and wanting to connect with them, what is it about them? It's not even something that we could put our finger on. It's just a certain inexplicably endearing quality that these people have, that people gravitate towards them. So, you know, when we look at our children, it's clear that there's no one else in the world that could have that impact on us as much as them. They can, Our children can do no wrong. Like, there's there's something about them that endears us to them, and sometimes we don't even know why. Like, there's there's... Very often you'll find a child who presses the mother's button, right? And so the, a lot of us have this, that the mother has a hard time liking this child, really, as much as the other children, because she has such a hard time with them. But then there's always, you know, very often there's that kid who presses all the wrong buttons, and yet, for some inexplicable, crazy reason, Every time that kid misbehaves, the mother just wants to bring him closer and closer and closer. The mother just wants to squeeze those cheeks harder and harder and harder. That kid is just so cute. And sometimes it's frustrating. Like, why can't I punish you? Because there's just something about that child that's just, they're, they're finding favor in our eyes. And so that's exactly what we're referring to when we say, until you take us to that level of children so that we could, so to speak, get away with things more, right? So that we could, you could look away from our, our misdeeds and you could make a big deal out of the things that we do well and you could show us extra warmth and love and care. That's where we want to be with you, Hashem. And, and, and that's what we're striving for and that's what it means when it says, Okay, so... Like I said in the introduction, in Perek Kuflam and Aleph, we spoke about humility. And we spoke about the two ingredients of humility. We said, And I want to show you how those two ingredients are right here also in this Pasuk. I like to carry messages, you know, from one Perek to the other to really strengthen what I'm trying to say and show you 
more more and more proofs of it in, in different kinds of ways. So here in this Pasuk, we see these two ingredients. What were the ingredients? Number one, we said in order to be humble, a person, you know, very counterintuitive to what you would think, but a person needs to really be very, very in touch with their self-worth. They need to know without a shadow of a doubt that they are inherently precious, valuable, and that they have infinite capabilities and to, to, to accomplish and to do and to become. And that's the first thing. Without that, a person can't be humble. A person must be in touch with that. But then it, that also has to come with the second part of knowing where all that comes from. Knowing why I'm so precious. Knowing where all of my abilities are being, are coming from. And those are the two elements that make up humility. So, how do we see that here in this Pasuk? When we, we spoke about Ad Shiachanenu and we spoke about that we want to be Hashem like on a higher status, not just servants. We want to be your children. We want it, we want like a, you know, like a, like a raise here. Now, if you think about it, when, let's say when you go to a store and you're, you know, you're shopping in the store, and you're, you look around and, and you could tell, like, who's the person in the store who's going to ask for a discount? When they get to the counter with all of their things, right? They went shopping, they put their stuff down. Who's the type of person who's going to say, could you give me a better price? It's not going to be the person who doesn't believe in themselves. It's not going to be the person who doesn't really think much of themselves. It's going to be the person who thinks in their head, boy, this store really needs me to be here. I have what to offer. They need my business. And plus, I'm adorable. Who wouldn't want to give me a discount, right? That's the person that's going to open up their mouth and have the guts and the chutzpah to say, could, could you do any better on the price? So it's the same idea here. The fact that we're asking Hashem, we don't want to just be servants, we want better, is showing that we believe that we are worthy of better. So we have this ingredient here, we're, we're displaying, the, in displaying the ultimate level of humility in this parak, we're showing very clearly that we know that we have worth. That we, that, that we are worthy of getting elevated to a higher status in Hashem's eyes. And then, of course, the second idea of knowing where everything comes from, knowing that we could, that we, you know, everything that we have is from Him, is very clear here as we talk about ourselves as avadim, as we talk about ourselves as servants who are completely reliant on their masters. Pasuk Gimel, Chaneni Hashem, Chaneni Kirab Savanu Vuz. So we're saying, Hashem, you know, please find, show us favor. Kirab Savanu Vuz. Because we're, we're just, we're so, we're so vea, like we're, we're so full. We're, we're, you know, it's like after the, the, the Seder, when you have to eat the afikoman, like you just can't anymore. We had enough. What did we have enough of? We had enough of the vuz. We have enough of the contempt that we're getting from the nations around us in this exile. Enough of the lying and the blaming and the, especially now with everything that we're going through, feeling singled out, feeling hated feeling different, we had enough of all the persecution throughout the ages, of all the killing, of all the fear, like, enough, and like, Chanenu was written here twice to strengthen our Bakasha further, like, we really had enough, we can't anymore, and another reason why Chanenu could be written twice is because it could reflect the double threat of the exile, 
which endangers us both physically and spiritually as we're surrounded by hostile nations around us. It's chanenu and chanenu. In a physical way, we're endangered, and in a spiritual way, we're endangered. Kirav Savanu Vuz, we're saying, like, there's just... There's no point for you to keep us here in exile anymore. We've been through it all. Like, we've gone through all the disgrace and all the contempt and all the hatred, and, and there's just nothing more to add. So just, like, please, chanenu. Rabba sav'ala nafshenu halag hasha'ananim haboz legeyonim. Long enough have we endured the scorn and the contempt, like we said, of the nations around us in exile. Mepharshim explained that the whole reason that we are here in exile, and that, 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 our exile is full of people who don't like us and that we have this feeling from the people around us that we're being despised. The whole reason for that is because it's meant to humble us and get us into the mindset of being Ovde Hashem and get us to recognize that our only help comes from Hashem. So I was a few years ago in a park with one of my children and they were playing and I was sitting on a bench. It was a Friday afternoon and Somebody comes to sit down next to me. It wasn't just a regular person who came to sit down next to me. It was an elderly man, a very elderly man, with his aide, came to sit down next to me. And I saw he seemed lonely. I could just see he looked lonely. He he looked worn. And I just started to strike up a conversation with him. And I realized he told me, he started to tell me stories of his past. It was fascinating. And he explained to me that he was a Holocaust survivor. And I was like wide-eyed, like, wow, how often does this happen? That you come to the park with your kid, you watch your kid on the swing, and you're sitting next to a Holocaust survivor? Like, it was major. And at one point, he pulls up his, his sleeve, and he very proudly showed me his numbers on his arm. And he explained to me that during the, his time in Auschwitz, he was actually trying to come up with a gematria. He was trying to figure out what can these numbers spell out in Hebrew? What message can I bring out from these numbers to connect me with my creator, to connect me with my hope that I'm going to be able to transcend and get out of this Gehenna? And I don't remember exactly what it was. I should somehow find out. But he, he said some sort of a Hebrew phrase that I, I was able to see so clearly you know, the, it's, it's such a good illustration of this Pasuk, that when a person is surrounded by fear and hatred, that's when they turn their eyes to Hashem. That's when they want to connect to their spirituality and to that, that part of them that can give them hope for a better future. Okay, so here in this parak, we put ourselves into the shoes of an Eved Hashem. And we want to understand what exactly an Eved Hashem is. So, I'm going to give two explanations. The first idea I want to give you is that Chazal explained the idea of being a servant of Hashem with the Pasuk from Mishle, In all your ways, know Him. What does this mean? It means that serving God is not only taking place shouldn't only take place when I'm doing a mitzvah, when I'm shaking the little of an esrog, when I'm giving tzedakah, when I'm davening, when I'm at a shir. That's, that's not the way the ideal service of Hashem should be. Being an Eved Hashem means, Even in my most mundane physical activities that seem to have absolutely nothing to do with spirituality, even in those things, I know, I know Him. I'm bringing Him in. 
I'm channeling those activities. I'm channeling those parts of my life towards that higher purpose, towards my service of Hashem. So this could be anything, anything in your life. If you're socializing with friends during the day or relaxing or lying on the couch to read a book or whatever it is, if you have in mind that, you know, all you need to do is just change your intention, like set your intention in the right way. It's so simple and it's so easy and it's so uplifting and fulfilling. All you would need to do is just say to yourself, I'm rejuvenating myself so that I could be a better person. I could be a better wife, mother, daughter, sister to everybody around me. I'm filling up my own tanks. So I could be there for everybody and do what I need to be doing properly. Um, if you're shopping for clothing, change your mindset. I'm doing this so that I could feel good about myself, so that I could accomplish more, so that I could I could feel more confident and be a better person in that way. Um, even infusing gratitude. If you're doing something that you love, and it could have nothing to do with spirituality, if you infuse a sense of gratitude for it, then you are being an Evet Hashem doing that. Like, for example, did you ever have that experience of having the privilege of being able to get into your bed smack in the middle of the day? The sun is shining through the windows. Everything is happening in the world. People are honking. Cars are, are you know, waiting by the light outside your window. Kids are downstairs. Everything's happening. People are at work. But you are getting under your fluffy covers and taking a nap smack the middle of the day. If you ever had that experience, there's just such a luxurious feeling about it. If you access your gratitude at that moment, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about channeling every single thing that we do towards Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me the ability to have such a luxury to be able to rejuvenate myself and take care of myself in this unbelievable way. Taking a walk on the beach or going to any, you know, taking a walk on the beach and looking at the, marveling at the vastness of the ocean, at the beauty of nature, like that, that's a higher reason. That's a higher reason that you now just infused into your visit to the beach. You, through doing that, are becoming closer with your creator. Going for a walk to get, you know, to if you just tell yourself, I'm doing this to get fit and healthy so that I could take care of the body that I was given to do my, my work in this world. Bring, that's also bringing you closer to Hashem. So if you think about our, your whole life in this way and you channel everything towards Ruchnias, it's such, all of a sudden being a Yid becomes the biggest privilege, becomes the biggest treat. Serving Hashem is become something that allows me to elevate every single thing I do to a meaningful, fulfilling level that can bring me to unbelievable states of contentment and joy in my life. So that's the first idea. The first idea of how to become more of an Evan Hashem is to ask yourself, how can I begin to infuse my mundane activities with a higher purpose? The second idea is, I want to explain it by taking a look at Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the ultimate Eved Hashem. What was it about him that made him the ultimate servant of Hashem? So it says, one example that we could see this is that it says 
after he came down from his 40 days in Shamayim, Vayirid Moshe men Hahar el Ha'am. Moshe came down from the mountain to the people. Now, the reason it says it this way is to show us he didn't come down from the mountain and go home and take a hot shower and eat dinner and spend time with his family. He came down from the mountain to the people, meaning the people were first to him. He put Kal Yisrael first. He put our needs first. He cared about our needs. He empathized with our pain. And he was the, the ultimate servant of Kal Yisrael. And that's what made him the ultimate servant of Hashem. And so we see from here that it's not that serving Hashem, right? We're not giving Hashem anything. He doesn't need anything from us. What he wants is for us to take care of our fellow Yidin. And, you know, if I want to explain this on a practical level, we could go into a million different areas of doing chesed, and it's endless. But I want to specifically focus on the idea of how we socialize, because just taking a look at our current events right now, unfortunately, we're all in a situation where we're not enjoying the benefits that we used to when it comes to socializing with others. Even if we have a simcha, right, the simcha is not the same, there's less people there, we're not getting close to anyone, you could barely even see, uh, you know, a quarter of a person's face. So everything is different in that realm. So I want to see if we can figure out how that, you know, how to create a situation so that when we go back into this privilege of socializing with others, that we're able to do it on a higher level. That we're able to do things that we maybe didn't do before. Did you ever stand in a circle of people schmoozing with each other in shul, at a simcha, wherever, and every there's one person talking, and that person is talking to the other people in the group, but not looking at you ever. Not considering you, just talking to everyone else. Like, this has, I have been in a situation that, like this, and I've seen others go through situations like that. Now, look at yourself. Like, do we greet people all the same, with the same warmth, with the same enthusiasm? Or do the people that we view as, quote-unquote, our type, or in our league, do those people get more of our attention and love and warmth? What about the people that we don't see as being in our status, right? Do they, are we as nice to them, or, or do we kind of brush them off because, like, it's beneath me to talk to you? Now, I hate to sound so um, harsh, but we're human, and, and this happens, and we see it. It's happened to us. It's happened to others. I think it's time for us to start focusing on these areas of our life. Are we constantly looking to hang around the right crowd, to make sure we're seen with the right people, we're seen in the right light, and not even considering the person who's standing in the corner feeling a little bit out of place. Maybe this is not her shul and she's here for a kiddush and she doesn't know anyone. And, and, you know, are we not even considering anybody else around us and only caring about how we're coming across socially? So, you know, when somebody's going through a hard time, and here's the last example I'm going to give, somebody's going through a difficulty at Sara, are we quick to say, like, oh, forget it, I can't help anyways, I'm not fit to be able to know what to say, so I'm just going to hide, it's easier for me to just, you know, not get involved, or, you know, they probably want their privacy now, so let me just stay away from them and let them deal with it on their own. More often than not, people who are going through difficulty need other people. They want so badly to be seen, to be thought of, and to be cared for. It's a need that they have. And it could be the easiest, smallest thing of just writing them a letter, an email, 
just letting them know that you're there for them, that you care in the smallest way that can make a very big difference to them. So I want us to explore as the second way of approaching this idea of how to be an Evan Hashem. How can I take care of Hashem's children? How can I be like Moshe Rabbeinu and take care of Hashem's children? And sometimes, yes, sometimes put them before myself even. What is one way? So let's ask ourselves, what is one way that I could start reaching beyond myself to think of the needs of others? Okay, so these two ideas, how can I begin to infuse my mundane activities with a higher purpose? And what is one way I can start reaching beyond myself to think of others? Uh, it is my bracha to all of us that we start on this path. We can, you know, we're probably on this path already, so let us continue on this path. And as we do so, let us all feel the privilege, feel the luxury, feel the luckiness that is inherent in this way of life where we are able to take every little mundane part of our reality and elevate it to such a fulfilling, transcendent level. Thank you for listening.